You are listening to Mommying While Muslim Podcast, where hosts Uzma and Zeba share their personal stories of mommying in a post-9-11 world. This podcast is designed with the Muslim American mom in mind, so grab a cup of coffee and pull up to their table. Assalamu alaikum, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Mommy One Muslim Podcast. This is Osma Jaffrey, and Zeba is still in Spain. So uh, wish her well, and I will be doing this interview alone, continuing our fabulous June series, Muslim Conversion Helped and Hindered. But in the meantime, I wanted to talk about Muslim teens and mental health. Reason being is sometimes you can have all the conversations. Sometimes you can have everything prepped. And sometimes it's still going to bite you in the butt. And uh, I got a left curve, uh, left hook, curveball, floor out from underneath me recently because I thought I was doing everything right by talking to my kids. And it turned out that one of them that I did not even think was struggling was struggling. And, um, you know, it's not, as he said, it was not through any fault of our parenting or anything like that, but he's been having some issues. And I would like in solidarity to bump fists with every mom out there who tries to get her kids into urgent counseling and gets, you know, mom blocked everywhere she tries to go. Because uh, since the pandemic happened, apparently, like a lot of therapists, particularly um, child and adolescent therapists are like, an almost extinct species, or they're all running away because they're so burned out. And we know that um, teen mental health uh, is like a crisis right now. Teen suicide is a crisis right now in this country, and we don't have the resources to address it. And, you know, we've seen in recent weeks what can happen uh, when that is the case. So we want to make sure that all of our kids have the resources that they need. And if you can't get them into counseling, talk to them, keep talking to them. And even the ones you don't think have problems, talk to them even more because I promise you they're there. And if they say that they're not, they're lying. They're just lying. So I just wanted to share that with you guys and um, ask y'all to make dua for my particular teenager who is struggling right now and for us to get and find and get the help that we need ASAP. Alhamdulillah, nobody's in, in any imminent danger, but I would like to keep it that way. So your prayers are much appreciated. In keeping with our deep dive into real issues about the conversion to Islam, it's not all like, you know, a bed of roses, guys. It is um, sometimes a very difficult path for our new sisters. So we are going to talk to our dear friend, Alexandra Khoury, or Alex. She is a mom of two, fierce owner of Awiya. If you don't know who that is, uh, Awiya is a strong woman brand. And it is all about empowering Muslim women through various avenues. Through her company, Alex finds value in helping others. And her motto is always empowered women, empower women, which is why we love her so much. Welcome, Alex. Salam alaikum. It's so wonderful Thank to finally you. have you on the podcast. Thank you so much, Uzma. It's really uh, an honor to be in this podcast. Uh, I always listen to you guys, and I think you guys are um, both so wonderful amazing oh, women and powerful women. Yes. <laughs> we try, we try, but you know, we take a page out of your book or two or three, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. So we like to kick it off by asking, um, whatever you feel comfortable sharing about your kids, tell us your momming story and a little bit about your momming philosophy. Yes. I'm a, a mom of two little ones. I have a four and a half year old. She really loves to say I'm four and a half, you know, uh, she's, she's going to turn five in December, but it's like, clearly she's four and a half right now. Yes. And I have a seven year old. So I have a boy and a girl and 
Um, it's been a journey because I'm also like a type A, you know, mom who wants to like do her career, like get it done. And then it's like you have your children life and you want to be there to be supportive. Um, so I try my best like to balance. Sometimes I just end up, you know, staying up all night working so, <laughs> so that I can be with the kids. Cause you know, I make sure I have that period of time. Like when they come back from school, you know, that three to eight o'clock, it's just all, all about the family. So mm-hmm. um, I think it's really important that being a mother should be also uh, a priority, but you also don't lose your, your own you know, goals. So that's, I, I guess I that's it. a philosophy. <laughs> I don't know. If that's yeah. <laughs> I think that's important because a lot of us don't know that when we become moms, right? Yeah. It's really difficult for us to figure that out. I feel like it was probably like three, three and a half years. I think that's the average before we come up for air and realize like, yeah. oh, I'm a person too. Yes. <laughs> it's like they're sucked onto your, like they're, they're just taking your life force. I always say it like. They're literally taking your life force out. <laughs> like if you're breastfeeding, they're like yeah, blood, know, sweat, tears, yeah. breast milk, every fluid, oh, it's out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's out there. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your family background and um, I would really, really like well, I'll get into your creativity later because it's so amazing. <laughs> but tell us about your family background and kind of your path to Islam. Yeah, so my I'm uh, born in the U.S., but I was raised in Saudi Arabia until I was seven. Um, and my parents are both like, um, you know, non-religious, like um, Lebanese, and they're first generation. They moved here when when we were seven because of the Gulf War in Saudi. So we like left mm-hmm. when there was that war that started. And uh, my parents, you know, like, they're not religious at all. Uh, they just like let us be who we are and just kind of like let us decide things on our own. So we're very independent at a young age. Um, and they just wanted us to assimilate to the United States. So it's like, we didn't even learn Arabic that well, you know, uh, they didn't really speak to us that we, they wanted to make sure we spoke English properly and like, just be American. I think they're really, they really wanted us to grow up here because they saw how the Middle East, I guess, wasn't, you know, especially Saudi wasn't very, uh, independent, supportive country, honestly. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, so I grew up here, you know, in Virginia and uh, I'm pretty much, I feel like American, not really Lebanese, you know, I know that Muslim parents hearing this, that your parents were not very religious and let you kind of choose your path. Like yeah. they're all like clutching their pearls or their hijabs. Like, how can you just let your kid choose their path? Yeah. Um, how did they feel when it was Islam that you were starting to be drawn to? What was the reaction? What did they say? Yeah, my parents are Help strange. I have to say my parents, my family is strange because um, my dad is a Greek Orthodox Christian. And if you okay. see my last name, Kuri is actually, it means priest. Um, uh, oh, so it's like a very well-known, it's like Smith in the in Lebanon is a very well-known last name. And um, my mom is, is from like from Turkmenistan originally. So she's Muslim, but she's not a practicing Muslim. She was raised by her grandmother who was Christian. So like my grandmother, she was Muslim. It's like a very strange mix. So I, my aunts are Christian and Muslim. So I have like a, and I have a very mixed a multi-religious family. family. Very <laughs> multi-religious. So we're, we celebrated Ramadan. We celebrated um, Christmas, but nobody was religious. And none of my siblings are like any religion. So, I started thinking about, I was a very quiet teenager and I was thinking, you know, what about life? Like, what is, you know, the world, you know, why do, why are people dying? I was one of those like emo kids, I think. Like mm-hmm. I read a lot of books. An empath. I was an empath. Okay, fine. <laughs> I was just very like 
thinking about life in such a strange way about dying. And, and I was just like 13, for God's sake, like I needed to relax a little bit. But, um, uh, you know, like you said about teenagers, you know, we really are in our heads a lot. So mm-hmm. it's like, uh, I, I was really also very sad as a, a teenager. I didn't understand the world, why people died. And, and so when I went to college, I, I actually went into Christianity and I went to one of those Bible study groups and I studied, I started Christianity and I was like, every week I would meet up with like the Christian groups and like talk to them about like, what is Jesus and you know, what is God? And, and they never answered my questions. You know, I had a lot of questions because I didn't understand the Trinity. I was like so confused by that. I was so confused because in Christianity, they really, really believe if you don't believe in Jesus Christ, you're going straight to hell. Okay. They really do. Like if you, if you're not Christian, you're going to hell. (laughs) But like we believe in Jesus Christ, so like we, we won't, believe right? in Jesus. No, but they believe that Jesus is God. So like, if okay. you don't believe that Jesus is going to save you and He's like the Savior, then you're you're gonna you're gonna hell. And you know, there that's like a few things that really like started my journey into Islam. Like thinking about these questions that I had about the Trinity, about going to hell because you're just what if you're like in a island somewhere and you're like an islander, you know. You don't know anything about never religion. Heard about it. You yeah. never heard about yeah. it. Are you going to hell? And they said, yes, basically. So that's why they do missionaries. That's why they do missionaries. Oh, because they really want you to become Christian so that you don't go to hmm. hell. Interesting. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I started studying it and and it led me to Islam, alhamdulillah. Like, so. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. Now we'll get into the creativity part because yeah. while you're studying and you're learning and you're questioning and you're asking, you have a really cool creative hobby talent. I mean, I can barely hem. I can definitely sew on a button. (laughs) I can sew a button on and I can sort of do a straight hem by hand, but you are like a proper seamstress. (laughs) Yeah. I know about that. And tell us what you did with those skills. Yeah. So I started, so uh, my family is very nerdy. Creative. Creative, creative, creative. Fine. And intelligent. We are, we are intelligent, creative, like dorky. I am going to just say we love like webtoons. <laughs> we love anime. We love, you know, Korean dramas. We just love that stuff. And we got into cosplay, like all of my siblings. And we used to sew costumes and go to those, um, you know, anime. Comic-Cons. Con- Comic-Con yeah. conference and like really go out. And that's how I started my sewing journey. And uh, we would make like elaborate costumes. And I wish I could show you them, but I'm wearing I'm not wearing hijab. I have seen them. Ladies and gents, this is not a joke. Not oh, a joke. They are it incredible. Yeah. yeah. I saw them last year and I was like, are you kidding me? Maybe this is amazing. I could doodle like a hijab on top. Or you know what? I could rewear it and like put my hijab on. Yeah, you could do that. And you know, and she fits in all of these still, which is like really well, not angry. really. No, there's like a couple I cannot fit. No. Yeah. So explain to people who don't know what cosplay is, what cosplay is. Yeah, cosplay is like when um, you dress up as a character and in a comic or in even like a TV uh, show, even like Star Wars, like a lot of people cosplay or even like uh, uh, games, like they cosplay mm-hmm. characters in games. Um, so it's just like a time to like dress up as your favorite character. So uh, people are like all out. People really yeah. spend thousands of dollars on their costume. And, and yeah. they do amazing costumes that can move, you know, like robots. Like it's just it's fascinating how creative people can be. Yeah. 
Yeah. So for anybody who still doesn't understand, Ms. Marvel is on Disney+. Plus. Oh, Go yes. watch. Cosplay's in there. You will understand. Did you watch it yet? No, I want to. I really do. Oh, girl, this is so like you. And you're going to be like, ah, she could have done this better on that outfit. <laughs> she could have done that. Uh-uh. No. And I'm just watching. I'm like, all these people did was paint their bodies. They are not cosplaying. Oh, they didn't do good costumes. Great. <laughs> they didn't do good costume. Only hers was okay. I'm going to have to like. But I was like, Alex could totally run circles around her. That's awesome. <laughs> now, did you, did your mom or dad teach you how to sew? Or is it something Nobody. that you siblings taught I, each other? Yeah, we just taught each other we've looked on youtube we just figured it out ourselves and we're like artists like if you can see back here that i painted those guys like uh we're just like we just like to we're very artists like my dad's an architect my mom's like a silk painter i think we just got some art jeans in there somehow (laughs) did you ever sell that jacket that you painted no i I still for the palestinian march (gasps) you kept it oh my gosh you could have made so much bank guys if you want to scroll back i think it's on um (laughs) awea style and on mommy one muslim on our instagram if you go to last may when we were all at the palestinian march in dc yeah alex made the most incredible jacket I can't believe you once saw people were walking up to her. I want to buy this. I want this. And she painted. It's a lot I was of work. How long did that take you? I don't know. A couple days. It doesn't take me that long. <laughs> Crazy. That was in, in. It was fun. That was a fun of like time actually to walk and like protest and, you know. Yeah. Really, yeah. That was know. fun. And yeah. it was so peaceful. And was peaceful, I'm still thankfully. mad that it didn't get any coverage. It, of like course, it doesn't get any so many of us there. I got yeah. blocked on Instagram because I posted it. <laughs> oh, yeah, we all did. We all got blocked. I know. So on your um, – while you started asking and um, questioning religion and you got directed towards Islam, what was like maybe the conduit? Was it self-study? Was it the people you were hanging out with? Um, was it your parents or your family that were helping you find sources and find more information on it or was it just YouTube again? You know, honestly, I um, – so – I met a group of, I, I went to Virginia Tech and actually that's when I realized how different I was. I, I look, I look Hispanic if I didn't wear like hijab. Yeah. And so it was a predominantly white group of students in Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. So I actually hung out with like the um, black crowd. I hung out with a Spanish crowd. And then my second year of college, I um, wanted to like learn Arabic better. And I met this Moroccan girl and she literally knew everybody in the international crowd. There's like an international community that was small and like really tight knit. And then I met everybody. And so at that point, I just started like talking to them and they were like telling me about Islam. And I was like, Oh, this is interesting. And then they introduced me to this guy who was like, uh, they thought was religious because they're not practicing Muslims. They would go out, they party and, you know, and they're like, if you're interested in Islam, like here, here's this guy, he can give you some books. So this guy gave me some books. And then I started doing a little bit of studies with somebody from like MSA, you know, mm-hmm. and um, everybody does. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I was like, oh, this is interesting. This makes sense. And then like, um, one of the girl's mom, like I, I went to her house one day when I went back home, cause they lived in Northern Virginia. And I asked her the questions that I asked the Bible study group and she answered them. She answered them like, like that. And I was like, what? It makes super sense. I was like, this, this is interesting. Let me read more about Islam. And so the guy who gave me the books, like I started talking to him and asking him all these questions and just something happened in my whole body. Like I feel, I feel a lot of energetic, like energy. And I just felt like this, this is the right thing. This is the right religion. I don't know how to explain it. Like it just felt like home. And Mm. that guy, he was like, so if you really believe in Islam, did you say the Shahada? 
Like you can just say it and you're Muslim. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? What? I just say it? I don't have to be baptized? Like, I don't have to go in the water and, like, dunk my head, like, yeah. four times? No blood, no tears, what? <laughs> no nothing? Just say it? I'm Muslim? Okay, let's say mm-hmm. it. Like, I want to say it. I, I feel like I'm Muslim. And I said it in front of him. And I don't know if we're supposed to have witness or not, but, like, there were people there, but we were, like, walking as a group of, like, air, you know, the international group was walking one night, and I said it to him. Anyway, fast forward, this guy who said the Shahada, who gave me my Quran book, is actually my husband. Can you believe it? Isn't that such <laughs> I a love cute that story? story. <laughs> and um, he really like helped me learn about Islam in, in a different way because like my group of friends, honestly, were very like party going Muslims. They're not practicing. And it was just strange to see them really believe in Islam, but like then they're partying and drinking and like going out. And then only during Ramadan are they like you know, fasting and stuff. <laughs> Ramadan Muslims. <laughs> so they were Ramadan Muslims. So it was it was a long journey before I really started really understanding because after college was when I like was studying more because I was really hanging out with those party Muslims like, hey, I'm Muslim, but I'm still going to party. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was strange. It was strange. So like, did you get married right away? Yeah, actually, because his family is pretty, were pretty religious. Like they're like, they were like, Oh, you, there's no dating. Let's do engagement. And so my parents actually were very against it. my dad was like, no, this is like a very religious family. I don't accept it. My dad did not accept me turning, okay. becoming Muslim. He was totally against it. My husband, even though to, he was open to you exploring religion before he that. was, he's strange. He does not accept Muslim, Islam because he used to live in Saudi and he had really bad experiences with Saudis there. They mm-hmm. actually, there was a story that really breaks my heart is that he was driving one day and his driver accidentally um, got an accident and he was in the car with him and he hit this like foreigner and he didn't care. He was like, ah, eh, kafir, that's okay. He died. Yeah. So it's like he oh got like he got like the the not good Muslims a really bad yeah. taste yeah bad yeah and then he dealt with like he used to be an architect so he would deal with like princes there and you know uh, those religious figures who aren't really religious and they would do all these shady things and like terrible things in his company and like he just he just didn't have the right people around him who are Muslim mm-hmm. you know and I think he had bad experience so he really did not like Islam. You know, okay. based on experience. How'd that but, play out at your wedding? Well, I mean, my husband's like a, a writer. He's an English major. And he wrote this like beautiful letter to tell how much Aww. he'll take care of me and like how he, you know, and I, I knew his family are very open-minded. I didn't wear hijab until three years ago. They're not like, they didn't force anything. They're very like relaxed family. And, and you know, because of that letter, he, I think we got married. <laughs> <laughs> See, you always got to go to the dad and you just got to make your case, gentlemen. Like, yeah, take his case. It. He's a lawyer now. So obviously, like, he made his case. <laughs> yeah, he made his case. That's all you had to do. Like, write a good brief and it will be done for you. Yeah. Like, don't be scared. <laughs> now, yeah. along this journey, I know that, like, maybe there was this one little hiccup with your, your marriage. But while you're learning about Islam, you've got married. You're not with those friends that were Muslim. You just have your husband in you. Was there anything that you came across or heard or witnessed about an of Islam that made you pause and be like, mm, I don't know if I like that? I was very fortunate to have a father-in-law who was like an imam here in oh. Northern Virginia. His name is Jamal Barzanji al He was like really big. He actually started MSA in the United States. He was one of the founders. And he, I would have so many questions for him because um, I, I, there was a lot of things that I, I wanted to make sure. Like, my family is not religious. 
are they going to hell? Like that was one thing that was like, you know, mm-hmm. that really bothers me because I know there are good people out there in the world. Are they going are they going to hell because where they're not religious? And literally in Islam, it's like, you're not the judge. Only mm-hmm. God judges you. And if you're a good person, you never know. Like you can't, yeah. you can't. So um, those were the little things that like I, I was struggling with. I was struggling with like hijab because I didn't wear hijab. So I was like, is it, is it okay that I'm not wearing hijab? Is there a problem? You know, and everyone is in a different stage. So I really was lucky to have this, this person in my life who was like kind of like a rock. Um, he was like my dad. He was my dad, you know, and he passed away um, and he like left the community and he was such a big part of the community here in Northern Virginia. So, yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Like you struck gold a couple of times. Like with I struck gold with the imam. I (laughs) did because I hear stories. I hear stories of like people like getting all this judgment from other Muslims and telling them you can't do this, you can't do that. And then they just leave Islam and it really bothers me. Dr. Sadaf Lodi, an American-born certified OBGYN, is talking about everything sex-related. Woman, mother, Muslim. She talks about the birds and the bees and everything in between. No shame, no judgment, and no topic is taboo. This is the Muslim Sex Podcast. Did you ever feel like... um, I mean, I know you were with a group primarily uh, when you were courting with your husband, or I don't even want to call it courting because I feel like you were converting and then <laughs> it became a courtship. Did you ever feel like he had an agenda? No, no, no. No? He okay. never did, no. He okay. was like, uh, he was really supportive. I'm literally and- just teaching you Islam. I'm just here to answer your questions. Yeah, here's here's some questions. Here's a great person you should talk to. And he like, you know, led me to the person who was like a, the head of the MSA in the group in college. And he was like, if you have any questions, just ask me, you know, it's not a problem. Like he was just like, whatever. It was really relaxed. Like it was like, just like slowly going into it. So I I never felt like I was pushed. If I get pressured, no, no, I no pressure. I was just like, Oh, that's how you become Muslim. Okay. I'm Muslim. (laughs) (laughs) No pressure to marry me. No pressure to marry. No, I knew he was my husband. Like I knew I was like, this guy's my husband. It's like a weird feeling I had. Yeah. So that's crazy. Who yeah. actually proposed? I was the one who told him I liked him. <laughs> oh, I love it. I'm so proud of you, girl. Go get it. I know you didn't wear hijab, and that's like a whole nother uh issue that I know even you know, women who are born into Islam have because they feel kind of like um, sometimes that they're not part of the community or made to feel othered. Did you ever have that feeling once you were, became Muslim, the feeling of being othered by, by Muslims? I did, you know, when I, when I wasn't wearing hijab. I, all my friends were hijabis in this area, like all the okay. mom friends or whatever, but they never made me feel anything. Like they never pressured me. They never okay. said anything, nothing. Like, I really was lucky with my group of friends, but when I would meet people, it's like they never, cause I'm like, my name's Alex and I'm not a hijabi. So they didn't understand like, are you Muslim? Are you just like the, did my husband marry some, you know, Christian girl or something, you know, cause the people, the books, like I had mm-hmm. to be like, no, I'm Muslim. So when they see me praying with them, they were a little confused, you mm-hmm. know? Um, I don't think I, I didn't get the, people to say things to me, but it's like, I just, I felt sometimes different when I was with the group of friends, you know, when I wasn't wearing okay. hijab. It's, that it's it didn't weird. have, oh, it did have to do with your not wearing hijab. 
I think so. I feel I felt like I wasn't complete. Is that it doesn't make any straight sense? But I didn't want to wear hijab at that time. Like I just right. didn't. It wasn't like mm-hmm. yeah. So what changed? Because you said it was a couple of years ago. That you you know, being a mom, it was being a mom. Mm-hmm. It, it really being a mom changed me. I, I said I want to be like a good a role model for my children, and and of course I'll never force them to wear anything. Right. You know. Right. Um, but I just wanted them to really value Islam like as a young age. And then if they go through different life experiences and trying to figure out the religion when they're teenagers, okay. Uh, but at least they have like a very good grounding, stabilize. This is Islam, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause we didn't have that. So you're introducing Islam to them, but are you going to leave it open for them to choose like your parents did for you? Um, I think I'm what I'm doing is like give them as much information as possible. And if they go through a point in their life, which it probably will, and when they're teenagers, where they're like questioning Islam, we're there openly going to talk to them about it and just like see, you know, be there, be like, this is how it is. And, you know, if you, if you want to think about it, go ahead. Yeah. I think it's really valuable to experience life on your own and like make decisions yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Because nobody wants to practice the religion of their fathers. You know, it's just, that's just the way it is. I know like we hear about during early Islam where people like, what, you want us to leave the religion of our fathers? Yeah. At that time. But now people don't want to take the religion of their fathers. It's a different time. Right. Yeah. And so they need to come and decide to be Muslim. And that's something that we hear over and over and over again. That's something Zeba says too, that, you know, she went on her spiritual journey and she decided to be Muslim. I had something close to it, but like, it's never like I doubted Islam, but I knew one day in one split second that Islam was the way and it was for me and I was Muslim forever. You know, it's, yeah. I think it still took me a while, maybe. No, maybe I was wearing hijab by then. I can't remember. I was 19. So Yeah, it must be different because was- you're, you're raised in this religion. Yeah. And then you just still, like, it's like part of your culture, I guess. Like, it's part mm-hmm. of you. But it's not really it's not really what you really feel in your heart. And I think that's different yeah. with converts because we go through it and we're like, okay, this is what we feel mm-hmm. in our heart. So we kind of yeah. have a different journey. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So... You, you seem to have had a really good support system with your in-laws, um, you know, after your conversion to continue learning and growing and doing all of that. But what could the community have done better outside of this like nice, safe family circle? What could they have done better for you so that you didn't feel other, so that you felt safe with them? It sounds like your girlfriends were really cool and weren't like pressuring you to change the way you dressed or appeared or anything like that. Um, what is a good post Shahada care package? What does that look like? Mm. It's it's funny you say that because I don't think I've ever met many converts here, and I wish there really? was a bigger group in Northern Virginia for converts. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I think having that kind of group would be would have been great. Like I don't know if Adams, like where my masjid is, has like a nice community, but I have never checked. Um, just to feel like you have like your other sisterhood that converted that's totally different because you know what about mm-hmm. christmas you know do you celebrate mm-hmm. that still or like you, you you miss these kind of like fun holidays um i think having a group here should be good or even if if somebody meets you and they realize hey your name's alex like mm-hmm. hint 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 um you yeah, don't judge me you know like don't say th- certain things because i went to i went recently to ikna right 
And I went to like introduce, I I went to like meet people and I got my fake lashes on. Okay. Cause I I'm, I'm doing YouTube episode and it's like these like glued on, like they're not like, you know, I, I got them done and whatever. And I literally got the selfie. (laughs) Oh, you came up to a selfie. Uh Oh, (laughs) I got, I got a lot of selfies, selfies in that group. And I was like, is Ikna like, this This is my first time going to Ikna. Of course I'm wearing like long tops and whatever, but like, I was like, I, I felt like off a little bit, like, hey, where am I? And then somebody's like, you're wearing fake lashes are haram. And I'm like, I don't need to hear that right now. And I understand like that could go into a different, like we can go into mm-hmm. a conversation about that. Um, but that doesn't help a convert here. No, no. Like keep it, keep sure your mouth, doesn't. keep your mouth shut. I never asked for your input, input, you know, and that like, thank you. And, and that bothers me. So like a lot of people, I think here and there, like commented like, oh, your top is not long enough. I'm, I'm starting to remember now, Uzma. Like, I'm starting to remember. You not repressed in, these traumatic not memories. In, <laughs> not in Ikna, but I remember now, like as I was like learning about Islam, it's like your top is yeah. not long enough. You're wearing quarter sleeve. I don't think you should wear that. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. here and there, it's like comments, like just digging into your head. And it's like, I'm going in this journey slowly, people. Like, let me, let me ride yeah. the wave, you know. It's hard to go from like, not Muslim to Salafi. I've seen people do that. Yeah, no. <laughs> Inevitably, what happens is like, I'm not Muslim no more. And yes, it doesn't take I've very long. That. It's like months. I've seen that. Yeah. It's like, and you can't do that. You can't do no, that no. jump. <laughs> no. I mean, you can. It Maybe. just usually doesn't work. It's very hard, very traumatic, and it takes a long time. Yeah. You know, if you want to get there. So yeah, I don't know. I, I, I had good experiences with the Salafis. I can't say I had bad experiences, but I'm sure. I mean, I, they didn't approve of me, you know, that I know, but I didn't That mind. doesn't make any Cause, sense. Because <laughs> even non-selfies don't approve of me. <laughs> so you okay. know what? Yeah, it, that's the thing. I'm you like, can't almost, please everybody. You it's cannot right. please. I, I learned yeah. a long time ago, you can't please anybody. Like you just do mm-hmm, what you got to mm-hmm. do, be yourself. And yeah. and you're going to have haters. Like the bigger you are, the more you're going to get like comments. Like people are just going to say, mm-hmm. I don't agree with you. If you have, you know any kind of like input or your own thoughts, like people are just going to say, I, you know, I don't like what you're saying. It's okay. It's okay. That yeah, means you're, yeah, you're, exactly. you're making them think. <laughs> <laughs> I read somewhere that um, when people are criticizing what you're doing, it's because they're actually mad that they're not doing the same thing. Interesting. No, yeah. the meme was way more clever. You know, yeah. I'm just kind of summarizing it in my own words, but I was like, Oh, I wonder if that's true. You know, yeah. I don't know. And so I'm having to think about it myself. And then um, with my kids, I'm definitely not wanting to scratch the microwave up when they're scratching the microwave up. So I'm sure there are exceptions to this particular meme. But in any case, um, what is one of your, well, let's do one. No, let's do a positive thing first. What is (laughs) one of the experiences that you had with Muslims? Um, when maybe you told them that you were a convert or maybe when you introduced yourself as a new Muslim, what was like a positive experience that you had? And we're not talking about friends. We're talking about complete strangers. But something good that I they said. I think people are always excited. Like when I say I'm a convert, it, it, okay. especially when I'm a Lebanese convert, which is totally weird. I think I've only met one other person who's like a Christian Lebanese convert. Because Lebanese, like, we're, one, so, yeah. yeah, Lebanese are very interesting. They, they, when they meet you in Lebanon, they're like, basically, what's your religion? They w- just want to know. They want to know, are you Greek Orthodox? Are you Catholic? Are you a Sunni Muslim? Are you a Shia? It's like, they have to know. They just have to know just to get it in their heads. Like, who are you? 
It, that's how they, you. yeah, that's where they, how they categorize you. It's so funny. Mm-hmm. So when you say you're not religious, they get like, so, bu- you know, like, what? <laughs> There's what no are you? for you. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happened to my sister when she went to Lebanon. They're like, who are, oh. then they were like, you're Christian, you're Christian. Khuri. Like, you're Christian. they just had to Khuri. categorize her. They just had to do it. That's the oh, craziest that's so thing. Funny. Um, I just think like, a good thing is like when they like really are like oh they make du'a for me like when they're like oh you're you know covered congratulations like they make du'a like you know they just say you know like it's so I'm so happy to hear that and you can see their eyes light up and I was like oh wow even now or you even to this day even to this Uh, day hmm. um yeah I get like bright shiny eyes they're like oh you're covered (laughs) and and they feel good do you feel good about it when they're doing yeah i don't care like i'm like okay let me bask in your uh your like happiness (laughs) (laughs) your happiness i love it i'm glad i was the source of your happiness okay yes um what's the stupidest thing somebody said to you as a new muslim oh man i wish i I can think about this stupidest thing she's like the book is too fat what are you talking about i have too many examples I don't know. I don't, I can't think of a stupid thing. Like somebody said, I'm sure there were many times somebody said something. I'm just like, you're dumb. Is stupid I think the wrong it, word? Should I say thoughtless? Thoughtless. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's just like, I think Arabs get confused that are not Muslim. When I say I'm Muslim, they kind of like, oh, oh, actually I got a story. It's like a family member. And it's like, they knew that I don't eat pig anymore. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's like, literally they gave me a piggy bank <laughs> as a gift. Well, to save money. No, on purpose. Yeah, no, oh, on purpose. Just so as a way of like, there's some family members that like had issues with me becoming Muslim. It's like, I, I must have like, re- like put it in my back of my head because. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Another repressed memory. It's trauma. like a repressed trauma. Like I'm like, thank you. But I'm yeah. Muslim. And then like, it's like when I started wearing hijab three years ago, those family members are like, whoa you're wearing hijab now like i was like i've been muslim for like 15 years yeah now i'm wearing hijab <laughs> I do you not realize i'm muslim until i wear the hijab like, come on now you think i'm muslim now you think i'm yeah. it was a phase before it, was it just must a have been a long phase <laughs> a very long phase she had children she's teaching them islam all it of just that didn't stuff. make any sense yeah yeah if it makes you feel better i had several piggy banks growing oh. up i think i had like at least three because I mean that's that's just the shape that came I don't in mind at piggy, the time. I don't mind piggy bank, but it was like literally on purpose to mm-hmm. give me a piggy bank for uh, like for the Christmas gift, you know? Yeah, so. and I think for my parents, it was like, who cares? It's a piggy bank. We're teaching you to yeah, save money. Care. It doesn't we matter don't care if it's about going pigs. in a pig. It's not a real pig. Pigs you know? are smart. Pigs are smart creatures. <laughs> it's a pig dirty. wearing black pants and overalls. Oh, that's cute. And then I think I had another one who wore like a navy suit, like a like a little cute little navy suit like little boys and then i don't remember what the third but they all had like clothes they were like cartoon pigs you know Uh, three little pigs is one of my favorite stories so yeah nobody i mean i don't yeah and that's the thing right like whoever was trying to stick it to you it's like yeah it was really i'm gonna put money in it i'm gonna make a lot of money and launch my business and you go feel bad yeah (laughs) no i you know you know what? I swear I have so much, so many repressed memories because now I'm like thinking about them. Like you're like telling me and I'm like, oh man, when I first started to wear hijab, I wore it as a turban. Okay. Like I was slowly okay. getting into it as a turban. I used to make turbans like sew it and sell because that was really my stage to, I get, to get into hijab because I, I wanted my family to get used to me wearing a turban and mm-hmm. it's just for my dad. So he doesn't give me 
crap, but he still gave me crap with the turban. Okay. And <laughs> yeah. And I, I was thinking like, you know, how my family, like it was just family who really like got, got up in my face for like wearing hijab. Oh. And it was strange. It was like people I didn't expect, like my, some my cousins. And they got a little bit, mm-hmm. the one cousin's like, you know, I, I'm getting married. Please decide to wear hijab after my marriage. Because I want you as my bridesmaid, not wearing hijab. Can you You're believe gonna that? You're going to mess up the pictures if you yeah, wear Yeah, I'm going to mess up the pictures. So I was nice enough to be like, okay, let me just do it. It's bridezilla. I'm just going to wait. So immediately after that wedding was when I put hijab on. <laughs> so tell us what you have talked to your kids uh, or what you've told your kids about your life before becoming Muslim. I think because my kids are really little, I have, you know, again, a four and a half year old and a seven year old. I, I think they know that I'm like a convert because they see that my family celebrates Christmas um, and they kind of go to the Christmas, you know, we don't, we're not like that strict. We, we let them go to the Christmas parties. And um, I think right now they're just too young to understand my phase and my religion. So when they do get older, if my son starts asking questions, he's the one who questions all the time. He's like, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. I would tell him, yeah, I really believe in Allah and I believe in, in Islam and stuff. So I think that's, I haven't really thought about it yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're still little, so I think you have time, yeah. but I'm surprised because I know the kids will ask, like, you know, I, I think mine were in school early in elementary when they were like, how do you become Muslim? Are you just Muslim? Cause you're born to your mom and dad. Cause Nana oh. and Nanabu were Muslim. Is that how you became Muslim? And I was like, well, yeah, sort of, but I decided to be Muslim. Mm. Yeah. I think probably yeah. next year my son's going to ask. Me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so get ready. It'll be yeah. lots of fun. So, um, I want to go ahead. Oh, last question. Has anybody maybe the critics in your extended family who weren't like, okay, who were kind of in denial about you being Muslim. Did they think this just was another cosplay effort? I think when I said I'm Muslim, when I wasn't wearing hijab, they took it as like a phase and it was a very long phase because like, I would still sit with them if they're drinking, you know, alcohol, I wouldn't drink, but I was always conservative. Like I always wore long sleeves, long tops, like I wasn't, because there's some Muslims who are non-hijabi and they do wear like shorter sleeves and tank tops and whatever. No, I was like really like long sleeve. I would, I, I was praying five times a day. I was just basically not wearing hijab, you know? And not mm-hmm. that I'm saying that hijabis are also pray five times a day. Who knows? You know, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean anything. Um, but I think they, they saw it as like, she's just Muslim. Mm-hmm. You know, they never knew that I really, I'm a practicing Muslim. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um so yeah i think they did think it's kind of like just some phase very long phase so three years ago when i decided it's going to be almost four years now where he just i'm not like they they're like oh <laughs> <laughs> and i literally heard like so many things be- behind my back from my sisters like my aunts talking to each other. My mom was like, it's her right. She can do whatever she wants. You Yay, know? Mama. <laughs> yeah. My mom was very like pro whatever, do whatever you want. It was my aunts yeah. who are like the ones who are more like what's happening. Mm-hmm. Actually, one of my uncles was really pro for it. And he's like super Christian. He was like, I'm very happy for you. Like he was, he was better than my dad. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is <laughs> He was your mom's brother, wasn't he? He was, no, he was my mom's sister's husband. Oh, okay. That's why. Yeah. yeah. 
it, I would have guessed mom's brother. Those are, they're always so supportive. So yeah. that's been my experience, but you know, it is on your mom's side. That's what happens. Yeah. Um, so this has all been fun and very revealing, but we want the audience to get to know you a little bit more sure. and yeah, they've, they've learned the cosplay about you. Cause I don't know if everybody knows that about you off of Oia. No. I don't think you've ever talked about it. No, like, how no. does she sew these like caps so well and these masks so well, the mask you made me is like my favorite one ever. And I'm I know sad. I see you wear it all the time. <laughs> I wear it all the time. I have to hand wash <laughs> that thing and like wear it again. Yeah. Yeah. I need a new one. So I you know. gotta get cracking girl. God. Gotta get back to sewing those. I have so much stuff to do. <laughs> I know, seriously. <laughs> I'm just adding to that. And what I'll add to that is our rapid fire. So I don't know if you've oh, listened. No. Um, I know you haven't participated, but it's literally the first thing that comes to your mind is the right answer. Uh, and we have 90 <laughs> seconds to complete it. Okay. Oh, so no pressure. The first question we always ask is what book are you reading right now? Or did you just finish reading? Yes. I'm listening to audible. It's becoming by Michelle Obama. It is amazing. Uh, oh my God. I think I had snot tears on that one. I love her so much now. It's like even I'm just halfway through, but it's like the most amazing yeah. audible I've ever listened Please to run in my for life. President. Please. Yeah. She's amazing. <laughs> Who or what was your biggest teacher? My father-in-law. Oh, you're home. He was my biggest teacher. Oh, yeah, he was amazing. He was amazing. I love that. Um, what is your happy place? It's my studio. <laughs> I love your studio. Oh, I can't wait to see you. it one day. Yeah, it's a mess right is now. Is there but... a job that you would be terrible at? And what would it be? A teacher. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, you wouldn't. You'd be oh, a for little teacher. kids. I have no patience. <laughs> Whatever you would make like the best art projects. Oh my God. Okay. Maybe for the crafting section, but like, if they're like yelling in my face and be like, be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> what was the first concert you ever attended? It was Coldplay. Coldplay concert. Yes. He was, I'm it was so back jealous. in, back in high school. That was a long time ago. <laughs> oh my God. Um, let me see. What else do I have? If you could eat one thing for the rest of your life, three times a day, what would it be? Can it be like a food or like like a general food or has to be like a specific food? No, no, whatever you want. Oh, Korean food. Korean food. Okay, that kind of cuisine. Yeah. Maybe the specific food would be more helpful. <laughs> oh. Um, if it's specific, it would be like uh, kalbi, you know, lettuce with kalbi meat. I don't know what kalbi meat is. The kalbi is just like the, the rib rib meat that they, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it's like a little You're sweet. not vegan? Oh, no, no, you're gluten-free. I'm gluten-free. Yeah. You're gluten-free. Yes. Yeah. I remember there were some dietary restrictions. Like I got to be yes. careful. So, no, okay. I eat, I eat meat. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I know. Yay. We love you vegans. Sorry, vegans yeah, out like there. Meat. Missing out. I know. I know. Seriously. Take your B12. I think I'm um, making like beef fajitas today. So <laughs> in any case, thank you so much yeah. for sharing your story and being so open and frank about it. And we wish you luck with all the conversations yet to have with your littles and all the experiences yet to have. And we can't wait to have you back on the podcast one day. Oh, yes. Thank you so much for having me. I really had a lot of fun and <laughs> you're just wonderful to talk to all the time. Ah, I love you. Thanks again for joining Zeba and Uzma on Momming While Muslim today. Please email us your thoughts or questions and follow us on Facebook and Instagram because this podcast was designed to cater your needs. Make sure you check out the show notes to find the links and resources for this episode. And remember to help a mama out and leave a review of the show as well as to like it on your podcast app of choice because that helps us grow. Tune in next week for another episode of Momming While Muslim. Assalamu alaikum, everyone.